Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, your announcer for this fifth Sunday of Easter. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister, Bruce Sletton. Organist, Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Jordan Kleibecker and McKenna Schmidt. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com. Our radio broadcast today is sponsored by St. John's Lutheran Church, Stones Prairie, and dedicated to the glory of God. All right, May good God morning, bless everyone. us as we worship together. Welcome to worship today. Wonderful again, as always, to be with each of you in God's house to worship, to receive from Him uh, His great gifts of word and sacrament. Uh, today is also graduation Sunday, so we are uh, uh, pleased to have with us two of our graduates, Catherine and Brendan. Uh, Catherine graduated on Friday, Woo-hoo. Uh, and Brendan graduates today, Woo-hoo. Um, and uh, so we're uh, uh, very uh, pleased to have them, and we will be recognizing them at the end of service today. Why don't we stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, as always, if you see people that you don't know or recognize, please go say hi and welcome them today. And as you have taken your seats, or are about to, uh, let's open our service today with a word of prayer. Dear God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are thankful. We rejoice today that it is, once again, the Lord's Day. Uh, On that day, Lord, in which we gather here as brothers and sisters under the name of Jesus as we said, to receive from you your good gifts, the grace that you so wonderfully won for us by shedding your blood on the cross and rising again three days later. 
We thank you, Lord, that we have two more Sundays in this Easter season that we get to, to continue to celebrate this fact and this truth that the tomb is empty, and because yours is empty, so, Lord, ours will be empty as well. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, give us a zeal for your house of worship. Truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We just deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us. For you and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our opening hymn today is By Grace I Am Saved, number 566 in the Lutheran Service Book. We'll be singing verses 1, 2, and 3.
will sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre. With trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King of the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The first reading for this morning is taken from Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above heaven and earth. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Christ has risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. We have the children come forward for the children's message. morning. I would like to find out if you guys know what the word grace means. God. Something that you don't deserve. Let me ask you something. If you broke your mom's favorite dishes at home, should you expect to be punished? Yes. If you hit your brother or your sister, should you be punished? Yes. How about if you stole something from a store? Yes. Thank you. Yes, you should expect to be punished for those things, right? So, um, what about, oh my goodness, the worst one that I think about sometimes is somebody killed somebody? Should you be punished for that? Should they go to jail and be punished for that? Yes, they should, right? Do you know that 
every little thing we do, if we say something bad to our mom or our dad, or we go, I don't want to, or no, I'm not doing it, that's a sin, right? That sin is just as bad as if we killed somebody. And that's hard for us to think about in my brain. I know it is for me. In my brain, that's hard for me to think about. Really, one sin's as bad as the other sin, but it is. So why do we need, um, why did God give us Jesus? So we could go to heaven someday. And because he gave us Jesus, he forgives us our sins, correct? So he gives He gave us Jesus to live, to teach us, to die on the cross, to forgive our sins. And so, do we get the punishment that we deserve? No, we don't get the punishment we deserve, do we? So if we say something bad to somebody, or if we hurt somebody, or if we take somebody, or uh, uh, take something from somebody and steal from them, or if we... um, Uh, say something bad, all of those things are sins, right? So we deserve to be punished for all those sins. But because God gave us Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to forgive us, we have his grace. Have you ever thought about that before? We don't get what we deserve to have. We don't get punished the way that we we deserve to be punished. Now, moms and dads might punish you for some of those things at home, right? That still might happen. But in the end, we do not get punished by God the way that we should be punished because of his grace. He gave us Jesus. Somebody in here said Jesus earlier when I asked you about grace. That's exactly right. He gave us that grace because he sent Jesus and he forgives us our sins. Otherwise, we couldn't go to heaven to be with him. So think about that when you're thinking about Jesus and thinking about when Pastor talks today about grace. That will give you another thing to think about about grace, okay? Shall we pray? Will you repeat? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for being our Savior. Thank you so much that because of you, God gives us his wonderful grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank Mrs. Fawn Hansen for our children's message today. Our second reading comes from Acts chapter 8, beginning at the 26th verse. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. 
Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. They both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of our Lord. We stand for all the universe. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will see me no longer, and again, and again, a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us, a little while, and you will not see me, and again, a little while, and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father? So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish, for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So so also you have sorrow now. But I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Our hymn of the day is number 573 in the Lutheran service book. Lord, tis not that I did choose thee. Number 573.
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the lesson from Acts that was just read, the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. And this morning we get to, or I guess I get to, talk about one of my most favorite topics ever to preach about, grace and faith and and why Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 is 100% true. That faith is a gift. It is not from ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one may boast. And this morning we get to examine that. We get to talk about that, about why it's important that it's a gift, why it's true that it is a gift, and why it is so important for us to never forget that our faith in God, in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is indeed a gift. One of my favorite parables that Jesus tells is is the parable of the wicked servant. And if you remember how this story goes, Jesus talks about this servant who first goes to the king. And the servant has an enormous debt. There is no way, really, feasibly, that this servant is going to be able to pay off this debt that he owes to the king. And so the king says, well, in that case, if you can't pay it off, then you're going to be thrown into prison where he will definitely not have any chance to be able to pay off this debt that he has. But the servant pleads with the king and he says, please, please have mercy on me. Have grace on me and give me a little bit more time and I will be able to pay back everything that I owe you. And if you recall what the king says to the servant, He does not say, okay, go ahead and go back, and and when you have enough money that you owe, then come back and pay it to me. No. Do you remember what the king does? He cancels the debt completely. And the servant no longer owes anything. He is free and clear of any debt that he owes. And of course, the parable goes on to, to talk about the that same servant then who went on and did not forgive the debt of his servant that was owed to him. Faith is a gift. And it is 100% free, given to us. Which brings us to our text for this morning, Philip and the Ethiopian. It's one of my favorite in, one of my favorites in the book of Acts, An angel of the Lord says to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Gaza. This is a desert place. And so Philip rises and he does as the angel of the Lord tells him. And there he meets an Ethiopian. And this Ethiopian, as he finds out, is in his chariot and he, he is reading scripture. He is reading God's Word. He is specifically reading from Isaiah. 
the, uh, the section of the suffering servant, and it says, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch asks Philip a really important question. About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Does the, does the Ethiopian know who it is? No, he doesn't. He has to have it explained to him. Verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And then, as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch says, Here, here is some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And so Philip does just that. He baptizes this man in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The sequence of events leading up to the eunuch's baptism is important. What happens first? He is reading from God's Word. We know that God's Word, as we have said before, never comes back empty or void. God's Word has power. The most power. So, an angel of the Lord sends Philip to this man so that then he can explain exactly what this Scripture means. And so, as Luke says, he tells him the good news about Jesus. Because he doesn't understand on his own. And so after he tells him the good news about Jesus, well then he sees a body of water that is right there along the word, and then instantly, immediately, the man says, here, here's some water, why shouldn't I be baptized? And then Philip baptizes the man. Again, the sequence of events is important. He reads the word, somebody comes to explain it to him, and then what happens? Oh, here is some water, why shouldn't I be baptized? Who called to whom first? Of course, the answer is God. God, through his word, calls to this man, and then God sends Philip to help this man understand it even further. And then he says, here, here is some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? I was teaching a Bible class one Sunday, and we were going through 1 John. And in 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 9, it says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that God has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Not that we love God, but that God loved us. And I'll never forget what one of my elders said in that class. He said it immediately. He said, this is evidence for for this one very important truth, Pastor. And I said, I know. That we cannot approach God. We cannot approach Him. On our own merit, on our own worthiness, we fail miserably. But it is God instead who comes to us. God instead who approaches us. And this statement is incredibly fundamental to our faith, because depending on which side of it that you fall, you either believe one way about God or another. 
And so the question is, well, what kind of God is God? Is God the kind of God that is just up there in heaven, hanging out, and doesn't really have anything to do with his creation below? Is God the kind of God that, after all of these other things didn't work, then decided, oh, hey, why don't I go ahead and send my son too, and that will finally do the trick? Is God the kind of God that waits for people to make an advance to him? Or is God the complete opposite? Yes, God is up there in heaven, but but he is intimately involved in his creation. That it is God who calls sinners to repentance. That it is God who said very clearly that he does not desire the death of a sinner, but that they would come to repentance and believe. That the Bible says very clearly that before the foundation of the world, God had made up his mind that he was going to send Jesus. That he was going to send his son to die on the cross, to shed his blood for his people. And so upon hearing the gospel, the man sees the water and is then baptized only after receiving the word. And so the point of this message this morning, I think, is really very simple. How you and I talk about our relationship with God matters. And about how you and I think about our relationship with God matters. For example, if you think that you were able to make a decision for Christ on such and such a date, then Christ died for nothing. If it is you that is making the choice. If you think, if you truly believe that a person can give their heart to Jesus, that they can say, here, Jesus, this is yours then Christ died for nothing. How can I say that? Well, let's go back and let's think about Genesis 1 one more time for those of us who tend to forget. Who created who? Of course, it was God that created us. And then it was us that messed it up. Our first parents ruined it causing us to ruin it every single day of our lives. We ruin our relationship with God every day. What makes you think that you can just give your heart to God? Look at the world around you. Look at what is happening in the world around us, not just this nation, but in the world around us. Do you honestly think that we as humans have it in us to do something that grand? and that wonderful, and that majestic, and that life-altering, and that life-saving? No. We clearly can't. And that is why God sent his Son. And we didn't ask him. 
We didn't pray a special prayer to say, please come into my heart, Jesus. No, Jesus came down from heaven, put himself on the cross, was crucified, and took your heart from you. No, you didn't have a choice. Why? Because he owns you. Because he bought you. Because he created you. If you are saying things, again, like I made a decision to follow Jesus on such and such a date, then be reminded of how the disciples were called. Because if that is how your relationship with God works, it is completely different from the disciples. Completely. Remember that it is Jesus, God, who walks up to the disciples and then says, come and follow me. And just like the Ethiopian, instantly they drop what they are doing and they follow the man who has called them. I was talking to somebody recently who was going through some very difficult, is going through a very difficult season in their life, and they were explaining it to me, and they said to me that they, they have found themselves in this season of their life calling out to God in the same way that the man, that the, uh, that the father who, whose, whose son had an unclean spirit did. Lord, I do believe and help my unbelief. If you will remember how that, how that story goes, the man comes up to Jesus, explains to him what is going on with his son, and then the, the man says, if you can do anything, please save my son. And I love Jesus' response. If you can? Do you know who you're talking to? Everything is, is possible for him who believes. And then it is at that point that the man says, Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And I, and I told this, this person that I was talking to, I said, what a great reminder and such a, and of, the, of the wonderful truth that our faith does not depend upon us. That our faith does wane. That our faith does falter. That we go through seasons in our lives where it seems like God has absolutely either left us or is close to. Where it seems like God is just up there in heaven above and has absolutely nothing to do with his creation here. We go through seasons in our lives that is like that. But again, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one may boast. I would be willing to bet that each and every one of us here, no matter how old that we are, have gone through seasons in our lives. Maybe you're going through a season right now where it seems like your faith is really shaken and it's really weak. And you are wondering just exactly what is happening, and you are wondering if God is even listening to the prayers that you are praying. 
but be reminded of this truth. That the God that you are here today to worship and to hear from his word, that God is is the God that comes to you. He comes to you in in faith. He comes to you by bringing his, his very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. The entire scriptures, for heaven's sake, the entire scriptures are all about this relationship and this sequence of the way that things go. God comes first. He calls his people. His people then, through the faith given to them by God, come to repentance and come to faith. It is all over all of the scriptures. If you go back to Genesis, remember that when Adam and Eve saw and realized that they were naked, what was the first thing that they did? They tried to make coverings for themselves. And that didn't work. And so what does God do after he, after he gets mad and says and curses them and kicks them out? A little, a little unknown and a very small part, but so important. He makes coverings for them himself. He does it. Because what they had done was not nearly good enough for his people. If you look at David, David who sinned not only in killing someone else, but also then having a child with that man's wife, and he thinks that he's gotten away with it scot-free. But is God content with leaving David in his sin? No, he's not. And so what does he do? God sends the prophet Nathan. And Nathan, through God's word, convicts David of his sin. And then David, at that point, realizes only after God has spoken to him, only after God has come to him, does he say, I have sinned against the Lord. God is not content to leave us as sinners where we are. No, that is why he sent his son to be crucified and to die. And if you're still not convinced, and I hope you are, but if you're still not convinced, ask yourself this question. Why would God send his son to go through that kind of torture, to die that kind of death, why would God do that? Why would God send his son to go through that? Why would God send himself to go through that? On the mere chance that somebody might say, yeah, you know, I think I like this Jesus and I think I will accept him into my life. Somebody giggled. It's, it's, it's just hilarious. No, that's not how this works. From before the foundation of the entire world, God knew that he was going to send his son to redeem you and to redeem me. And that's why it matters. It definitely matters how we think about our relationship with God and about how we talk about our relationship with God. Who made the first step? According to 1 John, it is God who has loved us because we didn't love God. 
And thanks be to God that our faith, given as a free gift, does not depend upon ourselves. But God, through his Holy Spirit, continues to sanctify us, continues to set us apart, make us more and more holy for him and according to his purpose. And so, the next time that you are tempted to think about it in that way, if you, if you are, or if you happen to talk to somebody who thinks about it in that, in that, in that way, I, I, I pray and I encourage you that you would lovingly remind them, lovingly remind them about who loved who first. And thank God that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has loved us first, does love us first, and will continue forever to love us first. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Please stand. We recite together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, in the pew that you are in is a red signing book. Uh, whether you are a member or a guest, please sign that book. If you are a guest, uh, please uh, give us a way to get into contact with you, whether your number or address or some other way. Uh, and uh, we pray that your uh, time here with us is a blessed one. Uh, we collect our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for leading us here today so we can worship and sing you praises. Your love overwhelms us. As sinful people, we do not deserve your mercy and grace. But here we are, just as we are, giving you thanks for forgiving us and loving us unconditionally. Now give us the courage to share this message with all we meet. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up to you all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Warren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dodson, Mark, Warren, Gary, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenna, Rosemarie, Bob Jelinek, John, Mary Ann, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Jen, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Harmony, Becky Morgan, who will be undergoing surgery on Tuesday, and Kristen Patterson, daughter of Gladys and Paul Dekoff, who is battling the resurgence of leukemia. We lift all these people up, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, who is serving in the Navy, and David Hessman, who is deployed overseas, as well as their families who pray and wait for their safe return. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer of thanksgiving for the end of a successful school year. God of all grace, we give you thanks for guiding our children and students safely through another successful school year. Many thanks to the teachers and staff who have diligently given of their energy and love to make sure that that academics were taught in a way that centers on the love of Jesus. We have witnessed their growth, and now may they be a witness to you. Keep them all safe during this summer break. Keep them in your word and refresh them so they can return this fall ready for another year. Continue to bless richly all those who celebrate graduation, successfully completing a big chapter in their lives. Guide their footsteps as they move into the next phase of living their lives for you. Lord, in your mercy. 
And finally, God of all creation, we praise your power and majesty which you have revealed in the growing of things on land and in the sea. Teach us, dear Lord, to know that in due season you supply daily bread for us and all mankind. Banish from our hearts all selfishness and pride. Give us the needed diligence and necessary skill to the sowing and gathering of our harvests. Protect our fields from pestilence, hail, fire, and floods, and let the earth yield its increase. Watch over all who work the land and raise the livestock which you have so graciously placed in their care. Make us a thankful people as we enjoy working amid growing things and open our eyes to behold the beauty of your creation. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places more praise. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize... Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns today is number 480 in the Lutheran service book. He's risen, he's risen, number 480.
Please stand. Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. by means of this broadcast on FriestatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things.
At this time, I want to recognize uh, our graduates today. So if Catherine and Brenda, if you would come stand right up here and be really embarrassed. Brendan, you're going to have to do it later anyway, so might as well get used to it. Uh, so these are uh, two of our graduates. This is Catherine McRoberts. She attended Mount Vernon High School. She plans to go to Drury University. And Catherine, what is your most favorite thing that you're looking forward to about college? Very good. Okay, she said that she is looking forward to going to the police academy. Wonderful. Brendan, uh, Brendan Clybaker attended Pierce City High School and is going to the University of Missouri. Uh, you also have a, sort of a side job. You are the state president of the FFA. So blessings on that uh, as well. And what are you looking forward to about college? What's the most thing, most, the most best thing? That's not great English at all. Uh, but what is the most best thing about college that you are excited about? All right, very good. Uh, continue to meet new people and make friends and connections. Very well. Well, uh, we wish you both well. We know that God is with you, and we're very, very proud of you. So congratulations. <clears throat> and you can be seated. Thank you very much. All right, and just some announcements before we close for today. Uh, first of all, uh, before I forget to announce it, I will be going on vacation uh, beginning Thursday through uh, Monday, coming back on Memorial Day. Uh, in my absence, Pastor Trochi will be coming to lead worship here. Uh, many of you will remember him from when this church had a vacancy, uh, and so he will be here on Sunday, and he is very excited to come back and to be with all of us here at Trinity. <clears throat> Uh, while I am gone, if you are in need of, of pastoral care, uh, please give the church office a phone call and we will uh, refer you to Pastor Lampy, who is pastor at Grace in Aurora. Uh, every Sunday there's a short prayer session in the chapel after service for anyone who would like to join in, and you may submit your prayer request. There is a jar back there, right, Debbie? Yeah, okay, so there is uh, a jar uh, is that in the chapel? Okay, so there is a jar right outside of the um, uh, chapel there. If you want to write your prayer request on a slip of paper and put it in that jar, they will be sure to pray for it. Uh, confirmation reunion Sunday, uh, the confirmation roll call will be on June the 9th, Sunday, June 9th. Uh, this year, of course, is for all years ending in 9. So if you are one of those people or if you know... Um, uh, of people who would fall under that category, please spread the word. <clears throat> the next announcement, the music committee will be meeting on June 4th at 4.30 at the home of Amanda Menning. Anyone who has a desire to provide special music is encouraged uh, to contact Amanda before June 4th. And uh, I will call up, I believe, Larry. Is Larry here? Larry. Oh, there you are, right there. Okay. You were back there, and then you moved. Um, uh, there will be uh, a special voters meeting following service today regarding the new roof uh, that is uh, being um, discussed, the part of the roof over, over there where it leaks, um, that will be happening in about 15 minutes after worship here. So we will uh, close with worship as usual, uh, and then if you are a voting member, please hang around for 
the voters meeting, the sign-up sheet will be up here somewhere, uh, and so we will start that in about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, between now and then, I wish you all have a very, very blessed week. <clears throat>